What's going on, guys? It's Jeremy, and this is episode two of the Always Loading podcast. But it is, more importantly, it's season three. And that means a lot of good things have happened over the last few years. I'm not here to tell you who I am, because I think what's more important is how I can help you see your own insights and how I can make a mockery out of my own bad decisions and some good decisions throughout my life to help you. Because that's why you're here. You're not here to hear about my life. The only thing I will tell you is that I absolutely love my life and I pay attention to all of the small details when things are going wrong and I pay attention to all the small details when everything is going right because then I can turn around and give it back to you guys and holy fuck, it's season three. <laughs> That's so cool to me. The honor that I have that people trust me and I was joking with a friend the other day because and actually like six different people that hit me up, they're like, how fucking old are you? Like, I'm getting advice from a guy, and, he, and I, was, I just kind of laugh, and I usually tell him, on oh, I've lived about 59 years. But what really happens, I, ju- I just pay attention to the small details, because I guess it's just something I like. I love to see why people succeed and why they fail, and I love reaping the benefits of paying attention to that, too, in my own life. It's just cool. Um, it, this is Like I said, this is episode two. If you missed episode one... It was last week. It was fantastic. Um, we talked about or the feedback that I've gotten is fantastic. I don't think you guys really care what I think about my own podcast. I better like it. But the feedback has been absolutely fantastic. We talked about like being in a hurry, uncomfortability versus comfortability, comfortability. No, good thing I speak English. But we talked about you know all that stuff and the feedback was great. And but the cool thing is. As it's you guys that do the work, and then I love getting the updates throughout the week. So if you want to update me with how your week's going and uh, what you think for this podcast, you can hit me up on Snapchat, Instagram, because then it helps me help somebody else. And when you get to point out why it was good for you, it'll help you remember it for the future, because I definitely do that. I write out notes to myself like, hey, future Jeremy, no kidding, um, future Jeremy, this helped you when you were in this situation. Remember this. So today's episode, we are talking about being a victim. The title of today's episode, I will get to you right now. Actually, I'm not going to give you a title. What I'm going to say is we are just going to talk about being a victim of circumstance. And when you feel stuck, like when you feel like I can't do anything right now because everything seems to be the same day to day, you kind of get the shit into the stick or you're you have a hard time looking at the positive signs and you feel like that your life is going to be relatively similar for the next 30 to 60 days so why would anybody anybody feel hopeful in a situation where they feel stuck or trapped and it's the power of hope and the power of growth that really can bring you out of that cycle and bring you more into the present and it can really accelerate a lot of things because of the majority of the people that reach out to me that don't know who I am on Instagram or Facebook or like have kind of known me like 15 years ago and then they're kind of getting a glimpse. The majority of the people, they reach out and they go, man, I just, I wish I had your positive outlook. And yes, it is social media and you will see what I want you to see, but I train in front of you guys. I fail in front of you guys. I cried in front of you guys when I hit a damn wall and found a picture of my dad and mom from when they were like 25 and full of love and just kicked my ass 
So I just, I open up everything, but I am hopeful. I don't, I do not feel stuck. And there's reasons why I don't feel stuck. And I, like I said, I really pay attention to those. And then when I help people, that's kind of where I start of, you're probably not challenging yourself. You probably aren't spread out enough to where you feel like people aren't even noticing you. You're putting in work and you feel unappreciated with that kind of stuff. Or you feel like your life's going to be similar and so there needs to be a shift. Um, so first off, what I want to start at is I want to start at the bottom. You know, I'm not really going to spend a whole lot of time at the bottom. I'm not even good at stop talking about things that are at the bottom. But I do notice a lot of things when people reach out to me. and They're like, hey, I'm struggling with this. And when I do talk to them, they usually feel alone. They feel disconnected from themselves. They feel disconnected from other people. They're like in... They'll be in public or at like family gatherings and they end up being the person that's sitting by themselves in a chair, sipping on eggnog. And then when people come by and talk to them, kids or or family members or friends, the conversation's pretty short. There's some awkward pauses. It's kind of like what's going on. It's a small catch up and they walk away and they once again feel alone and they basically self-fulfill prophecy themselves into feeling forgettable. And that's really the big word here is forgettable. I've seen people in this state. I've seen myself in this state plenty of times and they will literally have like their orders forgotten because the other energies of the group were were memorable and they were having fun. And let's say the person didn't write down the order. Well, the four people that they remembered when they put that order in got their food and they come out and they go, oh, uh, oh, I, I, I must have. It must be back there. Um, we'll make sure. We'll make sure we we get your food right out, and it's like a a half genuine smile because the waitress feels so terrible, and I literally just saw this happen like a month ago, and I was like, man. This person's literally forgettable right now, and it's not who they are. It's the energy they're bringing to the situation. They don't like their life so much that even if you try and bring them into a conversation and I'm going to keep saying they, even though I'm referring to myself at times, yourself at times, your friends at times, there's plenty of people that if you thought about right now, you're like, fuck, they've acted like a victim so many different times. And like the world's out to get them. And the problem with this is this. And they're noticing a lot of problems. They're bitching a lot. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is once you have uh, a different set of if you ha- end up with a different set of friend groups because you move and let's say you meet just this really high positive energy group the old stories you used to tell will completely flop with that group let's say that you were around a pretty negative group that focused on you know kind of picking on others or like pointing out other people's inefficiencies like let's say you leave work and you're like oh, did you see so and so today God, did they put enough hair gel in then in their hair? And then you laugh about it. And then, you know, you're, you're making fun of them. If you try to do that in a new group that doesn't focus on negativity, it will literally flop because it's just something they don't focus on. They focus on positiveness, upliftingness. And, but anyways, there's just, there's just people that they, they will literally feel so stuck and they'll feel like all of their hard work is being unnoticed too. And this is something this is where I was hardcore with basketball. I just felt stuck. I felt like my hard work was being 
unrecognized. I was a forgettable player where at the end of like a tryout, I'd be there and nobody would really be talking to me. But I felt like even if I played well, even if I played well, that was the other thing. Even if I showed up and I played well, I still felt like I was forgotten. And I'm, and there's even think about the sayings of all these, you know, genuinely good people that we've met in our life. And like, how did you get overlooked? And it's and a lot of it's just because they're stuck in their own head and they just they feel unnoticed. And then they bring that energy upon themselves again. And it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then there's social media where they'll get into the comparison game and they'll look at these people that perceive to have such a happy life and they have all this energy and they have likes. Social media is a ongoing party where the quote-unquote popular people have the other people surrounding them with conversation and laughter. It's literally an off-site party where the people that are forgotten get to feel forgotten 24-7. And that's really, that is so true that what we have now in social media is just an ongoing struggle for those who feel stuck because they're going to feel like that they're posted and they'll post the same thing. They'll go to Hawaii or they'll go on a vacation and they'll post a very similar picture with the same feet and they take it, you know, they're tanning and they take it with their, you know, the one down their legs and their feet's crossed and they're sitting on a chair and they got their drink in their hand and they're smiling and it gets three likes, two people comment on it when the other person who had really good energy and didn't feel stuck got 147 likes and there were 67 comments and they were all just chitter chattering and going on and on and on and on. Is that not the exact same of being at a party and then you start to become unnoticed and you start to disappear because you feel stuck in the same person that you've always been? You just feel that. You're like, gosh, am I ever going to change? And I'm, tell- I'm here to tell you, as someone who was labeled um, as like an introvert, uh, as someone who disappeared from every party he ever went to until I turned God. 21, I guess I probably shouldn't have party before I was 21, but I didn't party a whole lot. But anyways, I disappeared in the scene because I just was, I was, I felt stuck as the person that wasn't going to get laughs from his stories. I felt stuck as the person that was going to talk to someone and then pretty soon they were going to be like, yeah, it's kind of awkward and they're going to walk away. That happened on social media for years. I'll see recaps or, or or little memories where I made a post and like one person commented on it and it was probably like my girlfriend and it was damn near pity or my mom who I literally told to stop commenting on my post because I felt embarrassed that the only person that was commenting on them was my mother. I'm telling you, I've been there. And I think that's probably why I can help people notice this stuff because damn it, I've been there, I see it and it just continues until you start to become aware. And so where does the hope come from? Where does my mindset come from? Where does your mindset come from when it's good? Because it's like I said, it's not about me. There's parts about me that I can help and I can share and relate. But where does your mindset come from? Where does your hope come from when things are going well? That's a great question to ask yourself. And I, a lot of it that could help you if you don't do it already is your input. 
And so I know if I, if even in the smallest amount of a funk, I can listen to Gary, I can listen to, that's pretty much all I listen to right now. But in the past, I've listened to Tim Ferriss, I've just turned on Tony Robbins, I've turned on, I really love the Tim Ferriss show, if you guys haven't heard that podcast, I have no problem with being like, dude, turn this podcast off and go listen to Tim Ferriss, because he's great, and there's great people on there. But the input is super important of, of what you're listening to, because I know that these people will make me feel a certain way. And then when I'm not doing that, my other input, this is literally my input right now in my life. Gary V, the NBA, but I do not, I do not, do not, do not, I will do an entire episode on this at some point. I do not fucking watch highlights anymore. I refuse to watch highlights because they are so incredibly different from reality. And of all the things that have given me hope and of all the things that you can take away from in this episode, stop watching people's highlights and judging them off of it, like in a good way. Stop looking at someone and be like, man, they're good. Man, their life's awesome. Please, if I could beg you to do one thing, do not judge people based off of their highlights. I I want you to literally nothing it. I want you to feel nothing about their highlights. Now, if... LeBron James absolutely posterized somebody to get you out of a chair and you're like, okay, that was sick. Cool. Kudos. Don't care. That's awesome. If one of your friends goes to Hawaii and it's super beautiful and you want to absolutely support them and love them, awesome. Fantastic. If you want to be like, oh, that's super nice. Great. Be that person. But do not look at highlights and judge highlights as reality. If you are a basketball player, please don't ever watch House of Highlights ever again. Just don't. It, you're going to watch James Harden make 14 shots, and they're not going to show the 20, 20 that he missed. They're not going to show it. They're not going to show when he was in bad position on defense. They're not going to show when he made a stupid turnover. They're not going to show the things that will make you feel better because what makes you feel, what makes us feel better when we constantly watch people's highlights is when people screw up. When people that we know that are really good or they have a pretty good life or they have a good outlook or something, that's probably why my podcast gets pretty good reviews is because I talk about when I fuck up. I talk about when I screw up and it makes you guys be like, oh, okay, well, he fucks up all the time. Maybe I'll be all right. You'll be fine. You know, there's certain people I've talked to literally this week. You're going to be just fucking fine. I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, you start to become aware. You stop watching people's highlights. you, you, You can watch people's highlights on Facebook, like I said, but stop judging them based off of their highlights. Anyways, I don't want to get on a rant about that. I literally will do a whole episode. If you're a basketball player, do not watch those anymore. Um, But this is literally the list of my input outside of that. Uh, TikTok, I consume a ton of TikTok because I'm learning how to market myself on there. And so I watch people that are successful. Success leaves clues. Success gives me further hope to do a better job. And then I work on it and I try and mimic them because... Why not mimic people that are doing really well? It's basically the same thing as studying others. Uh, I meditate. There's a great meditation I listen to every night or almost every night. Part of that's forgiving myself for making the mistakes that I made that day. And I mean forgive. Like I will breathe in. And when I breathe out, it's gone. I make a deal with myself. I will never think about that ever again. I'm not going to make myself feel pain for that ever for that ever again. I'm not going to feel pain twice. Do not feel pain twice for something that you already feel bad about. Why? And if you do and you haven't, if forgiving yourself isn't enough, 
like for maybe like not being present with someone or being a dick or saying something you shouldn't have said, if being present isn't enough or failing, if, if, um, if forgiving yourself isn't enough, well then, and you need to apologize or something like that, take the action then, send them a message, tell them you're grateful for them, tell them that you should have handled it a different way, figure out what you need to do to put that aside, or maybe if you're going to talk to them the next day, forgive yourself before you go apologize. You'll come, you know, it's really interesting. You will apologize completely different if you can learn to forgive yourself first. Because you won't come from a position of like pity and like, oh, I was such a bad person, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're putting yourself down. You'll come from a point of I'm not judging myself anymore, but I was a dick. Like I really shouldn't have handled it that way. Learn to forgive yourself before you go finish your problems, before you go take care of your problems first. It's really important. I definitely do that every single night. I just ask myself, why do I love myself? What am I thankful for? What do I need to forgive myself for and move on? And never, ever think about it ever again. It does you no good. It does you no good to play the same movie. You wouldn't go watch a movie you didn't like. That's something Tony Robbins said. There's my input again. Tony Robbins, why would you go watch a movie that you didn't like? If you told your friends, oh man, I went and saw that movie again. I thought you didn't like that movie. Yeah, I went and saw it again. Well, what'd you think? It still sucked. Why would you do that? Why would you put yourself through that? You ha- you are in charge of your own input, but you're also in charge of your own thoughts and moving on and forgiving yourself for stupid shit that you do. We're all going to do stupid shit. We do it all the time. Um, I do listen to music a little bit, I, but I listen to it from a, I listen to it for fun and silliness. I've been learning some dances for TikTok and it's been a ton of fun and it's fun to stop, not judge myself or feel the judgment of others because I don't really care. It's nice to be getting to that point. I can help you guys with that too, but and then for marketing purposes of how can I take the song and flip it? But that's literally where all my input comes in. So I would look at your input and see if you're being entertained. And if you're consuming stuff that's just consuming, if you're just kind of scrolling randomly instead of like, I guess one of the things I like to talk about is instead of being consumed and like being entertained, be the entertainment it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's so much fun when you are the entertainment and if you're not good at it, get good at it. Maybe start an Instagram where no one knows you or start a, a TikTok and where nobody knows you and feel the freedom of just trying shit. And even and, and like if you look at it and you're like, God, that's not that good yet. Well, then spend the next extra 15 minutes to work on that and well, try to be better. It's, it's fun. It's fun to be the entertainment. If you're happy, well, if you're happy being entertained you're probably not listening to this podcast right now um or maybe you just think i'm completely ridiculous at times and you find that entertaining that could be true anyways the second thing that our second place to help come from is the truth and one of the i've had a lot of profound moments that i like to talk about and one of them was when gary v was talking to this guy in the audience and the guy was like you know i do a pretty good job but i just can't seem to be getting followers and gary's like you're not good enough he goes, no, 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 I'm definitely good enough. He goes, no, you're not. He goes, you're clearly, you are not good enough or you would have the followers. I've said this so many times where when you feel stuck, you feel like it's the coaches and the reason why you didn't get an opportunity or the scouts left or it was your other teammates or it was your, why are my posts not, like, why am I feeling unnoticed? We're going back to that bottom thing. You're not good enough. You're not good enough maybe at having asking good questions in your fr- friendships and your relationships. 
maybe you're not good enough at being present and and forgiving yourself and moving on from something so you show up as a different person. In my case, I wasn't good enough at basketball. Super duper simple. I wasn't good enough. I'm not. I'm still not good enough. If I was good enough, I would be playing at a very high level. Like I'm. I'm playing. I'm very proud to be where I am, but I'm not good enough. End of story. And why that gives me hope, <laughs> why that negative line gave me so much hope, is I felt like it put me in control instead of being like, oh, no, I'm a victim to circumstance. It's the coach's fault. It's, you know, my teammate was just, he was too selfish, and I didn't get the ball enough. It's my fault. I wasn't good enough. What can I do differently? Let's go. Let's go back to work. If maybe I need to learn, maybe I needed to work on my ball handling. I'll never forget when I got cut, or not cut, but I didn't make a team down in Los Angeles, and I came back, and I didn't have a good point guard at all. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, God, he was so bad. I didn't have a center on my team at the tryout that could get rebounds. And I think I took four shots in like two hours. And so I felt like a victim because I was like, man, I went down there to try out and I feel like I didn't get to show who I was. Well, if I was a better athlete, I could have gotten more rebounds and pushed. If I was a better ball handler, I could have been like, dude, you like not you suck, but give me the damn ball. And I could have brought the ball up. I wasn't good enough in that situation. And I learned a lot from that situation because I said, hey, maybe I should work on this until I am, until I can do all those things. And maybe I won't need them someday if I'm just a shooter. But until that day, I need to be better. And there are situations where you're not good enough. You're not good enough at making content. You're not good enough at friendships and relationships and and having conversations. Work on them. Be unashamed to work on them. Fuck the judgment. I literally listened to a, a show, and I would recommend those of you that are struggling, and I know there's a certain few of you that are listening to this podcast that are struggling with communication skills. I listened to a show called Charisma on Command. Go look it up. It's on YouTube. There's hundreds of episodes. They talk about a bunch of different situations, and they break down celebrities that are charismatic. And why they are, why they, how they listen, how they support each other. I think I've already talked about this show. But I'm unashamed to admit that I studied celebrities and people that were extremely charismatic, that were super good at something that I wasn't good at. And I still work on it this day. I still subscribe and I still work on getting better and better because the better I can get at that, the better I can be at the next thing that gives me a ton of hope, which is networking and marketing myself. When you feel like you have a ton of skills on being able to declare your value in a very charismatic way. You never have to have interviews. You feel like you have so many choices that you are never stuck. Again, that's, that's, that's the theme. You feel stuck because you don't feel like you have choices. When you get charismatic and you market yourself, you will get poached from the job that you're at right now. I promise you. You will get poached. You'll get poached either at work if you're around people or you'll get poached at the store or you'll get poached at an event. But once you get good at marketing yourself, the world just opens up to you and you don't even have to interview anymore. Or you feel like you walk into the interview because you need to do it and you're like, well, I'm I'm probably going to get this job. I have a very good chance of getting this job. You just have a leg up on everybody. And there's just a multitude of people who know who you are. Once you learn how to market yourself, and you spread out and like 
if you need, but it depends on what you need. Let's say you just need a little bit of advice. You realize how many people there are that you can communicate with on Instagram and send out messages to them and be like, hey, I, I was just looking for some advice on this. I know you're successful in this area. I am as well. What can you do to show me? Like for me, I, was, I, t- I told a story last year. I reached out to like 48 NBA players. And as I was typing, I was asking questions of why they felt like they had the ultimate green light and why they felt like they could just shoot their shot without fear and how they got over basically just being afraid. That's a question I kept asking. And as I kept asking that question, I feel like the answer kind of slowly came to me because I was like, oh, I would be kind of embarrassed to ask it that way. Why? But the multitude of people that you can DM and that gives you hope. Traveling. When you go travel, I'm going to California, literally to network for a month and a half because I know how crazy important it is to have choices. And next summer, I want to play either in the Drew League or I want to play in the San Francisco Pro-Am. So I'm going to go hang out in San Francisco for a couple of days and go play at all the gyms. And then I'm going to go to LA and Anaheim and San Diego and go play in all of those gyms because you'll meet somebody and they'll be like, hey, you're, you know, you're good or whatever. We like, you know, we like playing with you. Do you, do you hoop on Wednesday nights? Oh no, not right now. What's going on? Oh, Wednesday night, there's a run at this private church and one of the pro guys puts it on every once in a while. You should come down there. And then you go down there and then that person's like, oh man, like, dude, it's good to meet you. Yeah. You're you're welcome to come back anytime, bring any friends you want to. And then somebody else at that place is like, oh, you should also come hoop with me in my uh, rec league on Sundays shoot, uh, let's go. I'm down. I'll, I'll be a sub for sure. Then you go sub for them. Pretty soon, like this is literally what happened in Vegas. The doors open for you as you start to, first off, say yes. Say yes and just go try it. Like if people in, uh, offer you to go to lunch or um, to a meeting or something like that, you know, go try it and go meet new people because you'll feel like you have more doors. You feel like you have more opportun- opportunities. And if you are feeling a lack so like I said, it depends on what you need. If you're feeling a lack of, of closeness with people, if you feel a disconnect with people, I said this also on a podcast last year, I call it the birthday exercise. Nobody feels alone. Hardly anybody feels alone on their birthday because Facebook gives their, you know, let's say a thousand friends, a little notification, a little ding in the morning, like, hey, Jeffrey has his birthday today. Don't forget to send him a message. And none of us know when anybody's birthday is anymore in reality, except for like our two closest friends. And even then, shit. I think I know when my friend's birthday is. I probably should look that up. <laughs> but, but like, I call it the birthday exercise because when you wake up on your birthday, you're at least going to get 10 messages that day, hopefully-ish, from someone just saying happy birthday and that they're thinking about you. You're just going to feel loved. You're going to feel love from, a, you know, from a, a number of people. And you're, you get excited for that. And when you go to bed, it gives you hope for the next day. Because you're like, oh, man, tomorrow's my birthday. Some people celebrate an entire birthday month. Some people don't have, well, or either that, they just love the feeling so much of, of hope for people to, to notice them that they will celebrate an entire birthday month. So I call it the birthday exercise. And so what you do is you're sitting home at night and you're feeling a lack of closeness with people. You'll send a letter. You'll send a text to 10 different people. 
I like to do it at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. when they're probably not going to be awake. It's like, you know what? I, I just thought of a, uh, a moment with you and I just want to say how grateful I am that I met you. I'm so thankful to have you in my life. You know, we push each other. You're so, you're such a great friend. You make life better just being in my life. And it's a very good skill. Like I said, communication is super important, but being able to be complimentary and loving to somebody without feeling like, uh, like you're just super mushy and like annoying when you can share it, show it with gratitude and be like, God, I just have, life is so much better when I'm, uh, because you're my friend. So just thank you. Do you think that that person's going to send you a message the next day? And when you send out 10 of those, that's, that's what I, that's the birthday exercise. Send out 10 of those at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. When you're feeling lonely or you're feeling disconnected from the world, tell them what you're grateful for genuinely. You will wake up the next day and you'll probably get seven people to 10 people that'll text you back and, and just be like, man, it was such a, it was so cool to hear that. Or even someone from your past, someone that you haven't talked to in 10 years, be like, you know what? I just want to reach out and see how you were. And I just want to say I really appreciated you because of how hard you worked. And I actually learned a lot from you. You may not have noticed, but I was, I was watching you and you inspired me and you were, I, I'm a better person because you were in my life. I just wanted to say thanks. Like, they might not text you back. They might not even have your number. They might be, who's this? But hey, thank you so much for the message. Like, it's the birthday exercise. If you're feeling disconnected, gratitude can really connect you. And, and, it'll, and it'll bring it in, it'll, and it'll do it in a way, too, where you don't feel, I don't know what it is. I don't feel it anymore. But, like, there's certain pressures in the male society to not be mushy. When you're just absolutely grateful, that's cool. And, and, and it doesn't feel a certain way. It really feels good. So I just want to talk about that for sure. All right. Well, this is where I would definitely have uh, another ad if I could, but they won't let me put it in the middle of the episode as of right now. That's fine. So where are we at? To recap, we have our input. We have the truth, which is not always fun. We have networking, depending on what you need. Do you need to network more? Do you need to DM more people for some advice? Do you need to do a gratitude exercise depending on where you're feeling stuck in your life to feel like where you need choices? And now it's the preparation and the damn work. Think about it. You feel good and you feel a little bit more hope when you're just absolutely working. And even if it's something like you're at your job and you just kick ass that day, the aftermath of good work is hopeful because you'll... you'll You'll just know, man, I did such good work today. There might be something that happens tomorrow because of it. My boss might say something to me. Uh, one of the clients might say something to me. My coach might say something to me. I just had a really good post on, on a marketing. You know, that was a great post. That was a great DM. I sent that person. They just might get back to me. When you put in really good work in something, and this is obvious, but when people get in a rut and they feel like they're they're stuck, they're actually not putting in that crazy work. They're they're making something good enough and then they're moving on. Like I made a TikTok video the other day and I'm learning these crazy hard shuffle dances and I'm not kidding, it took me like an hour. So basically all the time that I used to play video games, I now just put into marketing or learning something. And so I'm learning this dance and I'm like, Oh, I'm so close. It's good. And I went and watched it. I was like, oh, that's good. And I wanted to just accept it because I was like, man, I've been doing this for 45 minutes. I really don't want to do it anymore. Okay, let's do it again. Let's do it again. We're just make it great. We're close. We're close. We're close. Come on, come on, come on. We got this. That was my mindset. I was like, let's make it great. 
Let's make it great. And just that focus, that sheer focus of, okay, let's make it great. I feel like if people put that into their work and they showed up the person that they were the first day when they were there and they were excited about the job, they were excited about the relationship. If you show up and you put in that extra mile, you do that extra thing. If you put in that extra time before a date, like an extra hour of thought, you literally sit down or 20 minutes of thought and you're like, okay, what else could I do on this day? Oh, I could go guy, go get lights. My last date I went on, was super fun. I went and bought these LED lights. I had no idea how they were going to work. And I hung them in a tree and there were two red, two blue and two green. And I created this cool, cool, cool ambiance. And I bought this whiteboard and created a board game with the girl on first date questions. And so when we landed on those questions that we created ourselves, I had two pins too, we created the board game. And when you landed on those questions with the SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs dice, uh, you got to, you had to answer the question that you landed on. It was so much fun, but that all came from putting an extra like 20, 30 minutes to an hour of thought and preparation and going out because I was like, the extra work that you put in is going to turn around all, like, do you think I was worried for one second on that date of, of something being awkward? No, I was fired up because I knew it was going to be such a good time. Even, and I, I even joked with her when I got there. I was like, even if you were the most boring person in the world, I knew I was going to have a great time tonight because I set this up and I, I, I put a lot of effort into this and it, it's going to be fun because there's good questions or good quality questions. And when I land on these, I'm going to have to answer them myself too. And I'll entertain myself for a couple hours and we'll go. Thankfully, we both had a great time. But like, think about that extra time that you could put into something. Like you could put an extra like set up time into an open house in your your crazy detail to where people come in and even if it doesn't turn into a sale or it doesn't turn into a lead, they might leave that house and be like, wow, that was super nice. Did you see, did you notice the details? And they might go tell somebody else. But you're going to feel hope. You're going to feel hope because you put in that extra work. And when you look at it, you're like, yes, this is what I did. This is great. That's hope. That's hope. And that's things that people are missing out on. Um, think about... Uh, oh, the, I talked about the edits on social media. I call it clarification. Or, no, what is it? Yeah. No, clarification. Clarification. <laughs> I, I was trying to make up a word and I just used a real word. Clarification. My, I don't know if any of you have friends that play anagrams or words with friends, but my friend always beats me and he always makes up words. It pisses me off. But clarification in sports. It's close to perfection. So when you get good, like get as close to perfect as possible where every rep means something and you're focused when jj reddick best shooter in the world when he was in the gym i heard jimmy butler say when you were in there or chris paul excuse me when you were in there and he called him bubs he goes bubs when you were in there you weren't in there for very long but you were so incredibly locked in and focused on every little detail on where his hips were pointing where his feet were pointing where his shoulders was he studies jj reddick one of the best shooters in the game studies other shooters and was like yeah one of the things i noticed about donovan mitchell is his base is so square when he pulls up and i was like man jj is learning all these people are constantly learning so it's it's perfection it's close to perfection it's that extra work because when you put in that extra work you're going to feel a little more hopeful. And even people in sports that are following this, think about that. Think about if you are you in there in the gym just shooting and just getting up reps and just people will text me like, how many shots do I need to put up? Do I need to put up 300? I don't fucking know. It's a feel thing. You put up shots until you feel that like 
in that sense of like almost Superman for a minute. It's the coolest feeling. You feel like you can't do anything wrong and you feel like everything is just, it, it, it's not stiff, but it's smooth because it's like a dance. It's smooth. It's perfect. It's, it's just nice. It's, it's a dance. It's hard to explain, but it's a feel thing. It's not 300 shots. It, yeah, you should probably shoot that many, but it's, it's close to perfection and it comes from that extra work. And think about how more hopeful you're going to feel when you know you put in the time. And the other thing, going in sports for another minute. So if you're not a sports person, you can skip this if you want to. But like, if you're going to take just form shooting in your in your practice sessions and you're not going to work on a fade to the right or a two dribble, here comes a double team, I got to fade and, and literally shoot it and point my foot like Kobe and Kawhi and all these guys do. And then I got to be able to catch from the corner on a shitty pass and the grip's horrible and I got to be able to pull and maybe my... If you don't do the smallest details, you're not going to feel armed, you're not going to feel ready, and you're not going to feel comfortable. It's those little fucking details that'll make you feel armed. And that's the only thing I want you to feel. When people say, like, how do I feel more comfortable on the court? I want you to feel like you have two go-to moves instantly. I want to, I want to be able to show up. If you and I are going to work together, which I work with people, I want to be able to show up and be like, all right, show me your go-to move. And I want you to be able to be like, oh, okay, this is it. It's through the legs, crossover, step back. That's what that's my go-to move. Chris Paul's go-to move. Everyone knows it. It's a little sidestep to the right. James Hart, James Harden's go-to move is through the legs, and it's either he uses that and he just goes blow by, or he goes to the step back, or he, but he uses the through the leg as the blow by. Damian Lillard used to be also through the legs. His is now that really quick like pullback, but he has two of them. So he uses both CJ McCollum mid range. Do you understand? Everyone has a go-to move and everyone in the NBA knows what it is. So if I train you and I go, Hey, show me your go-to move right now. And you don't know what that is. You need to get one hands flat out. You will not feel comfortable on a court because you will always feel like I can go to one of these two moves and get a bucket or at least get an advantage for my team and play well. And I will be on the court and I can take it out. Marcus Aldridge, his go-to move, a freaking fadeaway. I cannot. T- I wonder how many times he's taken that shot. <sighs> okay, rant over. Sport rant over. Let's move on. Uh, let's see. The next line I wrote was fucking repeat. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And when you're not relying on one post, when you're not relying on one meeting, one interview, one game, one email, one DM, one open house, one shot. When you stop focusing so much effort into one thing, you're, you feel a freedom open up of opportunity. When you're not focused on, when you, like I put, I'll put like an hour into one post, into one thing, and I'll put it out. And I'm like, man, that's a good one. That's going to get a, a bunch of likes. It's going to get a bunch of marketing coming my way. And it's going to be great. And it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, that's cool. But as soon as I put that out, I immediately got to move on to the next one. Because as hopeful as I might feel about that one, because I did a good job and I put in the extra time and I did the extra couple edits, I got to immediately start the next one. Because when I put that next one out an hour later or two hours later, guess what? Now I have two signals of hope going out that I'm like, man, I feel good about both of those. Now I'm going to go to bed and now I got hope about two things that are showing up in the morning. Potentially. Both of them could fail. But guess what? I'm, you got to move on to the next one and you get it churning and you think about it from a business standpoint of if you set up five open houses for the week, 
You're not going to be solely so focused on one that you're going to show up in a way that's going to like rub them the wrong way. They're going to feel the need. They're going to feel your need for money because they're the they're your their only hope or your only hope of making money. If you had a couple dates in a week, which is completely, in my opinion, it's respectable. Like you, when you're first dating people, have just a couple dates. You don't have to sleep around if it's up to you. But if you have a couple dates lined up, you're going to go on one with the intention of just having a good time, getting to know them, being fun, being playful, and that's it. And you're not going to be like, you're not going to come across as needy if you're nervous. If you have, if you're trying to go and meet new friends and you, you're meeting with a guy that you hung out with at the gym and he was super cool. And like, dude, hey, man, we should, like, we should, you want to come shoot around tomorrow with me? You're not going to be so needy with that one friend that you have or with your girlfriend or with your spouse even. I, I, I'm not picking on people, but I know there's people with their spouses that are kind of like they're, they're needy because they don't feel the abundance. The world is so abundant. And when you're not reliant on one, you will show up as a different person all the time. And when you feel like, then you got the wheel churning of, man, I have a lot of opportunity out here to meet a lot of wonderful people and then just abundance and over and over again. And you just keep repeating and you stop being so reliant and you stop focusing on one situation being the cure-all because it's not. I The last thing I'll say is, is a story of a kid that I was working with. So this is another sports story. So if you end up leaving me because you're not into sports, bon voyage, we love you. Take care. But he was a guy and he was working all summer getting ready for this tryout. And he kept saying, man, like this is the one, man. I just know I'm going to do this. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember being like, shit, he's putting so much thought into this tryout. And I finally told him, I was like, man, you got to stop putting so much thought into this tryout. You know how many times I've not made a tryout? <laughs> like 11 times at least where I went to a camp or a combine or a trial and not gotten picked. But after like four times... People started to know who I was, and then I networked myself, and then when I showed up, there, I was at least on their radar because I played good a couple times. And I learned each time I went of what I needed to improve on because I was unashamed to ask and be like, hey, I felt like I was pretty close. You know, I, I want the truth. What did you think? Where, where could I improve? And the guy goes, well, you know, we, they, we like the way you look. You know, you look like you're in good shape. You ran well. You shot the ball well in, dr- ball well in drills. But when the game turned, when the game when the lights turned on, you didn't make any really in, any impact, and we just want to see more. We we think you can do it, you know. We see the potential, but we haven't seen it yet. And so I didn't send him. I just liked the message. I double tapped it on Instagram, and he sent me a message back, and he goes, "Now don't don't construe this as you know. I think you're a great person, and and I and I really think you can do this." But and I was like, "Oh no, I I didn't get it twisted at all. I'm just gonna turn on the lights in practice." And so I, that's when, that was the first day I went on Facebook Live. And that was probably a little over a year and a half ago now. Because, well, if the lights turn on and I get a little more nervous, I probably should do that every fucking day until it stops being something that's, that makes me feel a certain type of way. And it impacts me in a negative way. And so I... I oh... Almost lost. I lost my train of thought for a second there because I got kind of passionate about that story because it's super important. Don't put so much into one thing, one person, one opportunity. It's a great fucking story. It's this is, but we're not telling stories for our ego. We're not 
this isn't a book. This isn't a fantasy novel where you work all summer or you work your entire year for one opportunity and that's the one and it just seems meant to be and the stars are aligning and all the people are going to be there and that person that you just randomly ran into at the market now invites you and now you have an interview for this wonderful job. Just because the story sounds good doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's not all about one thing. It's about a multitude of things and getting better and preparing and getting better every single day at getting better at work, getting better at networking, getting better at communicating, getting better at changing your input a little bit to something that's a little more positive or a little more that works for you, that makes you a better person, that makes you tick on a different level, that gives you a little more energy, that makes you feel a little more silly, that makes you a better person around your girlfriend or your spouse or less needy or just gives you the state of mind that you want to have every day because we repeat it every single day and we are what we do repeatedly. And that's the first bullshit Hallmark quote I've made this entire episode. (laughs) So we're going to leave you with that. I love you. I'm happy for you. I'm excited. And I want to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed. All the best.